some of y'all doing well. Some of y'all like, I don't know yet. I'm about to check you out, see what you about, bro. Talking about. Oh, man. Can we give it up for those that are live streaming Life Church Vineyard in the building? Come on. One church, many locations. Like they said, my name is Clay, not Cray or Play. I'm playing. Uh, yeah, my name is Clay, like the potter. I'm, uh, um, I serve at Vineyard Cincinnati Church as the Senior Director of Breakthrough Ministry, which is a long, crazy, fancy title for basically saying that I oversee the process um, when it comes to equipping the saints for work of naturally supernatural ministry. And if you've been around the block, you know what that term means, naturally supernatural, right? I mean, and for those of y'all who don't know, let me just elaborate real quick and just say, it's basically um, allowing God to partner with his super in our natural. Allowing God to add his super and partner with his super in our natural, meaning be you, be who God made you to be. Don't, you don't have to, you know, get, you know, be different, change the walk, change your talk, change your, you know, your swag, whatever. Some of y'all are probably like, I don't have swag. I'm, okay. <laughs> change, change whatever it is about you. You know, you just be you, be natural, but allow God to add his super to it. You know what I mean? To your, the way you character, to the way you walk, to the way you talk, to the, to, you don't have to change anything, but just be you, but allow God to flow through you. And I believe that some people need to hear that you're a masterpiece already in and of itself. You're already a masterpiece to God, right? Life, church vineyard, you're a masterpiece. All y'all in the room, you're masterpieces to God. You don't have to be another echo. You don't have to be another carbon copy. You don't have to be another imitation. We've seen that enough, enough. Be who God made you to be and stop robbing the world of who God made you to be. Right? But yet, be open to move naturally, supernaturally. And that's basically what that is. And I love getting to do what I do. Um, I have a crew that I brought with me. I got my friend Nate here coming out from VCC, powerhouse for the kingdom. And I got my son, another powerhouse for the kingdom, Messiah Harrington. And speaking of family, I'm a family guy. I also have two sets of twins. He's a twin. He has a twin sister. Um, I call it the A set because her name start with A's. Seven years later, we had the E set because her name start with E's. And if we had a third set, it'd been the I set. But no, we done. We done. We popping them out two for ones. You know what I mean? I asked the Lord for a double double portion blessing. He decided to have fun with that, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. And it's all natural, too, you know what I mean? It's not like we, you know, yeah. Anyway, all that to say, I'm, I'm going to keep it moving. All that to say, then we had a, we got a COVID pup. My, my, my COVID pup, you know what I mean? Everybody was getting the doodles, right? We were we messing around, got a Bernie doodle. They ain't going horse in my house now. These guys messing around. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, it's all good. I love family. I love, I love doing the family thing. Um, been married to baby girl, aka Regina, for 17 years, and man, loving life. It's been, it's been good. I'm also loving ministry. It's, it's real good. But uh, all enough, uh, enough of that. I'm gonna go ahead and get down to it because I have uh, so much that I wanna um, share. We've been in this series entitled Empowered 
um, you guys, among many other vineyard churches uh, in the nation, are going through this series together. And it's all about really unpacking how Holy Spirit equips the church to be about effective witness. Because at the end of the day, that's what this whole thing is unto, to be about effective witness. Recall Acts 1.8. If you want to go there, go there. I'm going to be in the ESV translation. Check it out. It says this. Jesus told his team, but you will receive power. Someone say power. Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Someone say upon you. That's important because Holy Spirit is in us for our sake, upon us for the sake of the world, okay? Everyone has Holy Spirit in them, but not everyone is filled with Holy Spirit, overflowing with Holy Spirit, inundated, clothed. You know what I mean? Okay, all right, some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Okay, you know, like a snow globe. Everybody knows the snow is in the snow globe, but you can't see it because it's settled. Oftentimes, Christians, we have settled Christianity. We need to be filled, moved around a little bit, stirred up so that people can see that you have snow in you. We have Holy Spirit upon us for the sake of the world. Okay, so... Holy Spirit's come upon you, and then what does he say? And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea. I can hear you, New Life Vineyard. Okay, New Life Vineyard Church. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm messing the name up, but you know what I'm talking about. I can hear you. So participate as well, too. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Don't miss this connection here, y'all. We receive power when Holy Spirit comes upon us so that unto that we may be effective witnesses. To take it a step further, let's keep it going, okay? So John 14, 12, y'all know the infamous, y'all know the, the famous passage, John 14, 12, where Jesus says something pretty mind-blowing and mind-bending. He says this, he starts out, truly, truly, which is where the hood gets for real, for real. Just saying. <laughs> Jesus was hood, okay? If he had a shirt, it would have been straight out of Bethlehem. Suckers. <laughs> truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he or she do, because I am going to the Father. I know, okay, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. I mean, I, yikes. The same, Lord? And then he had the nerve to say, and greater. And he ain't talking about ice cream. He's talking about greater works. What? Come on, Jesus, really, really? I, I, get, I get kind of like inspired by this passage and at the same time kind of low-key like annoyed. Like I, I'm, I'm being real. Like I, at one half, I'm inspired. Like, yo, we could do the same and greater. He put the truly, truly in there. So you know, for real, for real. But then I kind of get like a little agitated or like a little like frustrated. Like, ah, 
really? Like, really, God? Is that really the case? The key to this in understanding this passage, I want to point out, is the because. Is the because. He says, because I am going to the Father. I believe this is key to understanding this in true context, this, or the true context of this, of this verse. Albeit a banger verse, it's, it's, it's crazy, but I think we need to understand the context. And I believe the disciples would have understood the context later down the line in John 16, 7, as Jesus, he said, if you can recall, if you're reading your scriptures, he, he said to his team, hey guys, listen, you want me to go. You'll want me to go because go chill with the Father, because if I don't go, he won't come. But if I do go, he will come. And man, when he comes, he is money. He is mwah. He is spectacular. He, he will fill you up, and you will do the same and greater things that I was doing. But you want me to go, because if I don't go, he won't come. The disciples say, now, he didn't say all those words verbatim. I'm just like paraphrasing, but you get the gist, okay? Go back there, read the scripts. I'm saying that he's, he's bringing Holy Spirit. The disciples would have remembered, hey, Jesus is saying Holy Spirit's going to, going to come and empower us to do the works. So may I propose to you that the same Holy Spirit who empowered the early church early church for effective witness is chomping at the bit to empower you. Chomping at the bit to empower you today. So my point coming out the gate is that the gift, Holy Spirit, the gift gives gifts for effective witness. The gift give, gives gifts for effective witness. Y'all hearing me? Listen, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the spiritual gifts today. And I want to lean in there on the spiritual gifts. And I don't want no one to think that, uh, uh, to, to, to miss the main point of why we receive spiritual gifts. It ain't about trying to receive a gift to say, look at me, look how shiny I am. Look at me compared to him or them and that and that. And then feel bad or feel better or whatever. No, it's about being empowered for effective witness to the king. So I want to propose to you that the gift, Holy Spirit gives gifts for effective witness. So we're going in. Is that cool? Talking about spiritual gifts this morning. And for some of y'all, I'm introducing the concepts of spiritual gifts. For others, I'm reintroducing it. And for others, I'm, you know, I may hopefully keep your attention. I don't know. But bottom line is that we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts this morning, and then we're going to be practicing spiritual gifts tonight. So come back tonight, and we're going to go a little deeper when it comes to being equipped and practicing. So let me pray, and let's get it in. Holy Spirit, we bless you. We thank you for what you're doing and what you want to do, how you want to move and groove today. Have your way in this place. Yeah, fall on us, Lord, um, in, a, in such a way that we can hear you clear. We can see what you're seeing. We can do what you're doing in greater measure. In Jesus' name. And the church said amen. amen. Life Church Vineyard say amen. Amen. Let's go. One of the earliest 
uh, Christmases as a kid that I can remember fell on a Sunday. Uh, man, I was uh, so excited about this this day, but my mom and, you know, we went to church that morning. You know, back in the day, you still went to church, you know what I mean? You know, on a Sunday, on a Sunday Christmas Day, all that. And, you know, when my mama dressed me up for church, man, he, he, she had me dressed up in a three-piece that day, you know what I mean? Three-piece suit. Vest and all that, you know, so, you know, that's how we did it. You know, I remember getting ready, and, and then my mom said, now, now, Clayton Jr., when you go downstairs, don't peek at the, the, the Christmas gift. Don't, don't go past the tree. And I'm like, all right, Mom. You know, so back in the day, just to add some context, back in the day, we didn't wrap gifts. We just put the gifts under the tree. I know, I know, it's crazy, right? Uh, I didn't realize how big of a deal wrapping gifts were. But back in the day, we didn't wrap gifts. We just had the gifts like in the packaging that it got, it was bought in, you know what I mean? Is anybody else relate? Is that me, just me? Okay, yeah, I had a crazy past. I know it's crazy. But anyway, <laughs> anyway so, so, so we, you know, Mom, I still love you if you're watching, Mama. You know, Mama, Mama you also. So, and, and so she's like, don't look at the gifts. So I'm, I'm passing by, I'm not peeking, I'm, I'm being good about it. And we're about to leave, the, we're about to leave to go to church. And my dad, he, out the, out the woodwork, out of nowhere says, Clayton Jr., look. And I'm like, what in the world? And he, I look down the hall and he's standing by the tree with the gift he's showing me. He's showing me one of the gifts. And I'm like, uh, what is going on? My eyes got so big, you know what I mean? Like the cartoon, you know what I'm saying? The eyes bulging out the, I was like, what? As a kid, I was so excited because what he was holding was a nice shiny black with the red stripe on the side, A-Team van. I was like, wow, the A-Team van. Now some of y'all have no clue on what I'm saying, but just, just keep it going. I know, I know, just keep it going. So, so this where it was at, shiny black, all that. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. This is going to be a, a bomb Christmas. Ah! You, know, you know, and so I'm excited. And the whole time during church, I'm thinking about Mr. T talking about pity fool. How he pity fool. And, 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 and all, the, all the toys and all the things that I'm going to be getting underneath that tree. Man, I was excited. And so when I went home, you know the first thing I did? I mean, obviously we had to go to the nativity scene and pray, of course. But then we, we went in. We went in. And y'all, I was unpacking and I was, un I was unwrapping the, you know, the, the factory uh, wrapping. I was unpacking and unwrapping all those gifts, y'all. And I wasn't leaving any gift behind. No, no gift behind, y'all. You know what I'm saying? So... Who here can relate that when you guys wake up on Christmas morning, we're unpacking and we're unwrapping all the gifts, you know what I'm saying? You're not just saving a gift, you know, for later or for next year. You're unpacking and unwrapping all the gifts. And just as we gladly receive and unpack all our physical gifts that we receive on Christmas morning, I want to propose that it's just as important, if not more important, to receive and unpack the gifts that Holy Spirit gives for our spiritual journey. I would venture to say that some gifts, for some of us, haven't even been touched. I would even venture to say that there's some gifts that were sent specifically for you with your name on it, still chilling underneath that tree. Now, Scripture exhorts us 
to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That's in 1 Corinthians 14.1. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Then we should ask ourselves, what's stopping me from accessing What's stopping me from growing in the gifts that Holy Spirit wants me to grow in, wants me to flow in? What's stopping me? And we're going to look at some of the things that may be stopping us. Two things I'm going to point out, or maybe three, of, of, of many others, maybe. But some of the things out the gate, it could be the enemy. It could be the thief trying to hijack you from your gift, or at least distract you from your gift. John 10, 10, it says the thief, the enemy, comes to steal, kill, destroy. And I believe that he's trying to steal gifts by sowing seeds of thoughts, by planting thoughts like, I'm not qualified enough to represent God in this way. I'm not qualified to be a mouthpiece for God. I'm not qualified to exercise in that capacity or in that space. That's not my thing. I'm just going to live a quiet and peaceful life and keep my religion to myself, keep Jesus to myself, and just sit on my blessed assurance. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> That's, that's not what I'm called to do. That's not what I feel. That's not me. That's too much out of my comfort. Listen, there's a lot of thoughts, narratives that can come in from the enemy. Listen, I have a newsflash for you. If the enemy can't get you to turn your back on Jesus, if the enemy can't get you to stop serving Jesus, the next best thing he's going to try to do is neutralize you. And we have a lot of neutered Christians in the house we have a lot of neutralized Christians walking around too much, y'all. Listen, I believe Holy Spirit is calling us to get in the game. I believe Holy Spirit is calling us and gifting us to be about effective witness so that his name goes forth. Not our name, his name goes forth. Or, so, so the first thing it can be, it can be the enemy trying to hijack us, right? Hijack uh, the gift from us or steal the gift, another thing could be that flat-out ignorance, flat-out fear, fear of spiritual gifts. We might be too fearful or, or, or too nervous on being a fool, playing fool, and we may feel like it's too risky or too uncomfortable. It was fear that almost took me away from stepping into the call and gifts on my life as well, too. I remember when I first uh, started attending the Vineyard uh, Church, I was fearful of looking like a fool for Jesus. And as a result, I almost backed from his gifts. Is the battery going bad? I don't know. I don't know if the battery's... Anyway, anyway. So I was fearful and I almost backed away, y'all. I, re I remember learning uh, when I first came to the Vineyard, I thought it was the vineyard at first. But, uh, but, you know, got corrected real quick, just like Lancaster. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I was, I was at the vineyard, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm flowing and going, and I'm like realizing, wait, 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 there's more than just proclamation? There's proclamation and demonstration? Ah! What? 
let's go. I'm going in, I'm going in, right? I'm, and, I'm, and I'm practicing, I'm going in, I'm practicing, and I'm going to go hit the streets, and I'm going to pray for people. And y'all, listen, I went after it. I prayed for people. I went to the Walmarts. I went to the, uh, the gas stations. I went to the, all, the, all the stores, all the things. And guess what happened, y'all? A bunch of nothing. Nothing happened. And I was like, what? What is going on? Nothing was going on. I, and I'm getting mad. I'm getting vexed. I'm getting irritated. And I'm like, God, you got me out here looking like a sheer idiot right now. You said the same and, and greater? Really? Like, I, I don't see anything happening. Nobody's levitating. Nobody's, you know, uh, you know, convulsing demons. There's no, there's nobody getting healed. There's nobody getting touched. There's nobody, nothing happening. And I'm out here looking crazy, and I felt like the Lord in that moment whispered to me. He said, Clay, stop your whining. Clay, stop your crying. Because if it was more about me and less about you, we wouldn't be having this problem. And I'm like, wow. In that moment, I realized something. That the Lord was after the motivation of the reason why I was operating in these gifts. Like, I, yeah, sure, I wanted to give glory to him, but every time something did not work in the way that it was, I thought, supposed to work, I started feeling bad. I started to crumble. My self-esteem got checked when really, if it's about glorifying God and him only, why are my emotions and my feelings getting in the way of that? And I was like, okay, wait a minute. God, you, you are after glorifying God, or was it the motivation to glorify self? What was my motive? If it was about me, I'm crumbling, I'm getting insecure when things don't happen, but if it's about God, even when things don't go as planned, I'm going to glorify God anyways. Why? Because he is good and I'm good. It's God over my feelings, right? It's God over everything. And it's God over the Ohio State Buckeyes, Mitch. You know what I'm saying? Come on, brother. I, I, I see you, bro. I see you. Come to the equipping night tonight. You probably get saved, okay? Now let's go. Okay, so I'm playing with you, brother. I love you, man. I love you. Okay, so, but anyways, we're going to keep moving on. Um, so it could be fear. Fear can stop us can stop us, us from pressing into the more that God has called us to. A lot of us will take a bullet for the king, but very few of us will look a fool for him. We'll lose our dignity for him. We got to be able to lose our dignity at some times and practice this stuff and kind of be vulnerable. And this is a safe place to practice. It could be ignorance. Well, we don't have a good view of the gifts. We don't understand the gifts. We don't understand what they are, what they aren't, who it's for, who it's not. Maybe some people don't feel like God moves that way anymore. Maybe some people feel feels like uh, it's not for them. And, you know, you don't think about, you don't even need to think about anything gift-related because God's going to do everything through us if he wants to. So we don't need to partner. Right? Whatever that is, we, it may be just that we just don't know what we don't know and we just want to leave it alone. For the name, in the name of clarity, um, let's look at some of the gifts. Um, and before we list them, 
I want to talk real briefly about what Paul shares about them before he goes into the largest consecration, concentration, I said consecration, woo, concentration of the gifts. Okay, so the largest concentration of the gifts is found in 1 Corinthians 12. And I love how Paul gives a caveat, um, a, um, a disclaimer, if you will, on the gifts. And it's important for the church. It was important for the church then. It's definitely important for the church to hear today. So check it out in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. Before Paul lists the gifts, he says something important. Check out what he says. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To teach, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Whew. Two things real quick I want to note about what he's saying. Paul is saying that all gifts are coming from the Spirit who empowers and who apportions as he wills. Who empowers and apportions how he wills, who he wills. And they're not our gifts. They're his gifts. They're not our gifts. They're his. We're borrowing them for the moment for effective witness. Some might get more of a gift, Others might get less of a gift. Some might get multiple gifts. Others might get fewer gifts. But no matter what, at the end of the day, the gifts are really about glorifying him. Second point I want to make, based on this caveat, is there are a variety of gifts. Someone say variety. Variety of gifts. So may I propose that this, what we have in Scripture, may not be the, the exhaustive list of gifts in Scripture. They, they may not be an exhaustive list. There may be more gifts. But let's look at what we do have, okay? We're going to look at what we do have. There's about 24 gifts that we see that I'm going to cover right now. In 1 Corinthians 12, again, has the most, where we see this, words of wisdom. Words of knowledge. To know something that you should not have somebody else, a fact, a place, a name, or whatever, a thing that, that God is downloading to you to bless someone else or to minister to someone else. Faith. We can grow in the gift of faith. Healing. Working of miracles. Prophecy. Discerning of spirits. Oh boy, we need to discern spirits. Tongues. Interpretation of tongues. Helping, the gift of helps is a gift. Administration and teaching, gift. Let's go to Romans 12. We see more there. We see the gift of giving. Yes, generosity is a gift. 
Certain people are more generous than others. Does that mean that if you don't have that gift, you should not give? No, of course not. That means that certain people are gifted more than others in that. That's fine. Mercy, encouragement, leadership. There's, there's a gift of leadership on certain people, even in this room right now, that we need to explore more. Serving. And then prophecy comes up again. Big deal. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight. In Ephesians 4, we see office gifts or gifted equipper gifts to the church. Christ's gift that he gives to the church to equip the saints for work of ministry. And they, uh, aka fivefold. You have the apostles, the prophets. You have the evangelists. You have the pastors and teachers. Five. And there are some people here who operate in those gifts as well, too, to equip the saints for work of ministry. And then you have the First Peter gifts, First Peter 4, speaking and serving. Man, we need speakers. We need people who can speak and exhort, right? There's also that gift of exhortation or encouragement. Um, there's also Hebrews 2, 4, signs and wonders. Lord, sign me up. I want to see more of that. Signs and wonders, working of miracles. I believe there's more, again, than these 24 gifts, but this gives you an idea of the variegated flow of the gifts. It gives you an idea that there's variety out here in the body of Christ. But look at the list. I want you to look at the list, take a picture of the list, do whatever you need to do about this with this list. Some of these gifts might jump out, might be speaking directly to your heart. And you want to learn more. Some of these gifts might confuse you and you want to learn more. Some of these gifts you already know you operate in and you want to grow in even more. Or you want to look at other gifts and explore. Sadly, some here may not feel qualified to step into any of these gifts. I'm here to tell you that that's a lie. I'm here to tell you that that's a lie. You know, uh, if you are a son, if you are a daughter, accessing one or even a few or even a lot of these, most of these gifts even, that's your inheritance. That's your birthright. And allow me to be clear about another, I, I want to clear up another misnomer about this allocation of gifts. We all receive gifts, yes, but the gifts we receive are not static, but they're dynamic. The gifts we receive aren't static, but dynamic. Let me explain. Some people think that they re only receive a certain amount of gifts, and that's it. And that those certain amount of gifts go with them to their grave. They don't add to or subtract any. It's all the same. So when you have this, um, this mindset of static gifts, you may, have the, you may feel like you have the gift of serving and encouragement per se, okay? 
and okay, all I have is serving and encouragement. And you'll say to yourselves that I don't have capacity or I don't have permission to step in or explore any other gifts. And phrases like, oh, I don't have the gift of evangelism. That's not my gift. Start pouring out. And it's plaguing the church. Don't we hear that a lot, y'all? Because what happens is, and this is dangerous, y'all, because what happens is that when we adopt that mentality, we will start to, instead of sharing the gospel and sharing the gospel with other people, you will start to just relegate that to those who are evangelists or gifted in evangelism. Some might feel like you have the gift of just leadership or in teaching only. And when it comes to healing, oh, wait, I'm not gifted in that area. Or when it comes to prophecy, I'm not, I'm not gifted in that. I'm only going to do leadership and teaching. Didn't Paul say to desire the spiritual gifts? We're saying yes, right? Okay, okay, I was making sure. Listen, I'm an African-American preacher, y'all. I need some feedback, okay, y'all? Listen. <laughs> listen, don't just be coming up here like, just if I'm saying something that's right, then give me a, let your face know at least, okay? Let your, let your face know at least, all right. But didn't Paul say to desire the spiritual gifts? Okay, thank you. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says this, all these, these gifts are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. As he wills. So may I propose to you that these gifts are apportioned to sons and daughters as he wills. In any particular season, in any particular setting, context, calling. Listen, he pleases to give gifts when he wants, how he wants, in the moment he wants, whenever. Right? If we ask for bread, though, will he give us a stone? If we ask for gifts that we already have access to as sons and daughters, won't he do it? Won't he give it to us? So spiritual gifts are dynamic, not static. And on the other side of that same coin is this. We do have dominant gifts that we carry oftentimes or a dominant gift mix that we favor. Okay, Clay, so what's my dominant gifts? What's my, what's, what do I, well, how do I know what I favor when it comes to gifts? Great question. Great question, church. I'll answer that to when I make these three short points and I'm about to close. Worship team, you can feel free to come on back up if you want. The, 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 the point I want to make is this. Question, ask yourself this. What gives me the most life? What brings me the most life? What, what do I see myself doing most? What brings me most enjoyment? When I first came to Jesus, when I first came to uh, the vineyard and, and I started to learn more about uh, Holy Spirit and more about all this stuff, I was like, I'm in. I, I gave my yes to the Lord. I'm like, listen, I'm going to tell everybody in there, mama, about Jesus. Like, I, like, leave no stone unturned. Like, leave no person behind. I was telling everybody in their mama about Jesus. And I was wondering why the church wasn't following suit. I'm like, thinking about myself, where, where's the church at? And I was kind of getting a little, like, frustrated. Like, why, why aren't we going out? 
And they started telling me, well, Clay, you're, you're gifted in that way. You're wired in that way for evangelism. And I thought, oh, okay. So I started realizing that not only is this a gift, but this is a gift that's used to also equip the body to help them, to give them tools and resources to tell other people. But I found myself growing in this gift to the point where everywhere I went, I was known as this evangelist. I was known as a person that would share the gospel and see people come to know Jesus, y'all. And it was in this gift that I can explore the more and become effective witness everywhere I go. Listen, this, this, this gift that, that I, that, that I uh, uh, discovered um, was, was, was something that I think I realized that, okay, God, you're gifting me in this way, and what's my responsibility? Because I enjoyed to do it. I wanted to step into it. Then, next question, how do others describe you? How do others describe you? We call this the, the confirmation of the saints. We need a community of people, a small group. You can go ahead and play. Uh, you can go ahead and play if you want to. Um, uh, there was like, a, you know, a small group that I had that would call the gold out in me and say and, and, and call me up in ways that I didn't even see coming. Um, or I had blind spots. I didn't know that I didn't know that I was good at a certain thing. So you need saints confirming things in you. You need saints calling things up out of you. And that helps to know where your gifts all lie. The third and final one is a spiritual gift assessment. To, to go take a spiritual gift test. There's, there's all kinds of them online. There's a lot of free ones online. You can go take a spiritual gift test and see where, what you favor, where you, um, where you concentrate often when it comes to flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. Some of us need to find out and identify which gifts, one, not only do we resonate with, but which gifts do we feel we need, we need to explore, the permission to explore. And so, those three things. What do you see yourself doing most? What brings you most life? How do others describe you? Confirmation of the saints. Take a spiritual gift test and uh, talk about it in, 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 in the house. At the end of the day, Holy Spirit, the gift, gives gifts unto effective witness. Church, I pray that we don't leave any gift behind. Like on Christmas morning, I believe that y'all would never leave any gift behind on Christmas morning. I pray that you do the same thing in the spirit. You leave no gift behind. I believe there are gifts that, are, that have your name on it. I believe there are gifts that have been given specifically for you and we've been like, you know, kind of strong-arming it. Like, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I, I pray that we don't allow fear to rob us of opportunity to step into those gifts. I, I pray against any ignorant mindsets that may distract 
from stepping into those gifts. And tonight we're going to talk a little bit more about how to practically apply gifts and flow into those gifts. So come back tonight. But I want to leave you with two things. I pray that you guys can walk out of here with two, two things. That you can identify a gift or you can continue to grow in your gift that you feel Holy Spirit is giving you. To identify a gift, it may be you taking a spiritual gift test, it may be going to small group and talking about it, or growing, taking steps to grow in this gift. Because at the end of the day, y'all, everybody gets to play. And the way I like to say it, everybody needs to play. I pray that we all get the game, amen? Amen, so Holy Spirit, we bless you.